All right. All right. We're on. We're this on. Is, this is, this is it. Gentle, a gentle opening for episode number 18. We specialize in gentle openings. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. You know what? I immediately regret what I just said. <laughs> but that's Let's fine. See. You know what? That's why pencils have erasers. All right. So what show are we already listening to? This is uh, Keeping It 5150. Episode? Episode number 18. The Seattle Grand Course Scene Report. <laughs> <laughs> we never talk about. No. Although I did get Cloud Rat tickets today. Yeah, that's going to be fun. A- any local bands on that bill? I don't know. There's a couple of bands I don't know who they are. So they could be local. I didn't look them up. <laughs> there's a lot of bands. Yeah, there's most. it's mostly bands. I also got uh, Mutoid Band tickets. Oh, I've got to do that. I'm definitely on for that show. So, um, so that was good. That's two local bands. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of a low-energy show. We've, uh, this is, uh, you said that last time, too. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> This is kind of a low energy podcast going out. Yeah, I know. Um, we're we're trying to get on NPR, so we're just practicing our NPR voice. Gonna speak really gently into the microphone and just. So, what did you think about uh, Kill 'Em All? Perfect. This is exactly Terry Gross would be going. This is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's riveting radio. It is. It's good stuff. Been a full day. It's seven o'clock on a Monday. This is not when we do podcasts. Prime so. our prime podcasting hour. Is between one and three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, also drinking, <laughs> <laughs> day drinking. Well, I'm drinking right now. I have uh, we have a whiskey pairing. Oh, this today. is yeah, this is uh, this is pretty tasty. E. H. Taylor, old style Kentucky whiskey. It, he's a colonel, Ice right? He's a he's a colonel. Wait, hang on. When you say colonel, this is an actual. This, yeah, you, hang on, you've told me this before. Yeah, remind me what this is. This isn't just you messing around. You going, get, no, if he you do something for the, the grand old state of Kentucky. <laughs> the grand old state of Kentucky. You, uh, you love can this get, country. You can get nominated uh, to the legislature, and it's like an honorary title. It's okay. a title that they give you like a fucking plaque and like some like, Maker's Mark shares or something, and then <laughs> just like send you on your way. So Colonel Sanders is just some random – like he wasn't – He the, wasn't in the Civil War. Not as far as I know. Also, uh, I think he was, you know, I think that was like the 60s when he was doing, when he was getting busy. But that, that wasn't on the citizenship exam, so I can't, I know. I can't speak to that. I think I wanted to talk about briefly. I don't know if you read this. Gene Simmons. Oh. Sorry, this is old news by the time this comes out, but I don't care. It it bears talking about more it's, than. It's evergreen. It's Gene Simmons being a dick about things is always worth, worth is, talking about. He announced the death of rock and roll and metal a few few years ago. He did. Yeah. Uh, some don't, don't about Prince when Prince died. Wow. That like take your fucking moments. That dude. like fucking Paul Stanley was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Prince is rad. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say it like that. He said like. <laughs> Like that's that. how he talks now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. Shame. It's <laughs> I just imagine kissing an old people's home, just uh, <laughs> just sing talking it. Yeah, I want pudding. That's your sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it'll just be Gene Simmons because the, the least cool member of a band always lives the longest. Well, let's see. Uh, we'll That's why be- Paul Beatles McCartney will be the he'll be the last Beatle to go because he's the least cool Beatle, Is most talented, least... least cool. Okay. Is Ringo Starr cooler than Paul McCartney? Yes. Okay. I mean, he did the Thomas the I mean, Engine soundtrack. Like, neither of them is like set the world on fire with coolness, but right. like Ringo Starr was in a movie with Dennis Quaid called Caveman, okay, which yeah. you should Sold. certainly <laughs> check out. Paul McCartney has not done anything as cool as be in a movie with Shelley Long and Dennis Quaid about Caveman. <laughs> There's an Ice Age joke where a guy pisses ice cubes. Wow. It doesn't make sense, but it works in the moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> in, in the universe of that film. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So Shannon Hoon was the coolest member of Blind Melon. Is that what we're doing? Uh, yeah, what we're undoubtedly. It checks out. This checks out. <laughs> bon Scott, coolest member of ACDC. That's absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. He was certainly the hardest partying of those guys. Uh, and te- out of a technically, band. yes. <laughs> Scientifically proven, absolutely. Yeah. So he's the least cool member of KISS. Paul Stanley's pretty cool. Like talking about No, uh, using my criteria, I think technically Eric Carr is not the coolest member of Kiss. <laughs> he was. Neither was, was Eric Singer. I think Eric Singer might still be alive, right? I don't know. But Eric I Carr. I just assume all the Eric's that were in dead. Kiss are uh, dead. Is Vinnie Vincent alive? Well, spiritually, no. <laughs> yeah, career wise, also no. <laughs> They're both in the graveyard right now. Um. We're going to feel so bad about this when we look at it. Yeah, we're really bad. Oh, they're all dead. They're all (laughs) partying with Michael Kamen. Yeah, another dude that I just straight up didn't know was dead. We're an Equal Opportunities podcast. We will slack you off if if we don't know you're dead. (laughs) Oh, also, just suggest getting an interview if you like. Just assume you're... Very grand of us to do that. We're we're optimistic and assume everyone's still alive. (laughs) And wants to do interviews with us. Come at us, Lars Ulrich. Yeah. Yeah, we should try and get John Lennon on the podcast. <laughs> Speaking of cool Beatles. <laughs> he was a, he wasn't a cool Beatle. So anyway, so that's a long way around to this motherfucker Gene Simmons, creator of the Kiss Coffin slash cooler and villain of the Tom Selleck movie Runaway. Right. The, uh, de- the demon. The demon. The demon one, right? The de- yes. With the boots. Yes. He filed... To copyright. I didn't I didn't know when this far. I thought he just claimed. I thought he just Facebook no, claimed. No, he is legitimately trying to, to copyright. He showed up with a briefcase somewhere. Was all. He got a lawyer and had a press conference to be like, oh, oh that thing that everyone does with the throwing at the devil horns. I that, did, that was me. That was I patented it somehow. I I did that first in 1974. Now, I feel like this isn't gonna stick. But I mean, this is the sheer. How fact, long has the human hand been around? <laughs> how long have things had horns and people have hands? Like I've seen the photo of, of Gene Simmons doing, it, and this is not going to work on a podcast. But we'll put in the we'll thumbs in out though. He yeah, has the, the thumbs f- out like a fucking like his surfer. pinky. You know how like when when I drink a fine whiskey, I put the pinky out <laughs> yeah. to give it a, like a touch of class. He put the thumb out. You got to cross the thumb across because that makes it look like devil or goat at least. Yeah, know? or the goat pope or something. Callback. Goat pope. Go po- call back to Go Pope. <laughs> Mayhem's Go Pope. Okay, um, yes. Um, so, so he's trying to claim, like, it's not one, it's not the devil horns. Two, no, you can't fucking claim that you've, you were the first because you can't possibly prove that. And three, what do you possibly hope to gain? Like, do wants, I, if I, every you, time I do this, I have to send 25 cents? Like, yeah, you have to send him a nickel via, like, Square Cash or something. Just like, fuck. He's, he's the, the worst. worst. Man. <laughs> he's literally. <laughs> Like, well done, Lars Ulrich. Not you. It's, isn't you today. You could tell members of Kiss are just like this. Why, <laughs> why are we? Like, we have to have him in the band. He's the god of thunder. He sings too many of our hits to like... It, he doesn't sing that many of their hits. No, but, it's But they're popular thing. songs. There's yeah. many popular songs that require his uh, comical tenor voice. Yeah. So they can replace lead guitar players. Apparently. Um, all they, they want. <laughs> Just over and over again. And they can swap out the drums as much as they like. They can just not play Beth, I guess, which is a shame. No, it's fine. <laughs> Better jam. So, but it didn't, uh, I mean, couldn't you even claim that, or couldn't one claim, if, if someone's going to say that, oh, I invented the devil horns, like, Rodney James Day, apparently, was the, was the really the, the, he's the, been around longer. And the diminutive dragon player? Probably, like, yeah. But that's kind of part of his shtick. So, not, like, Rodney James, he was, like, 
I remember a little bit of a dick. I don't want to speak too ill of him because he seemed, now he's dead, everyone says he was awesome, but he always seemed a bit like small and pathetic and, and kind of weird. <laughs> and, like, wow. A, a little desperate. That's you know definitely I mean? making it in. You're just taking all <laughs> shots and at Dio. He used to hey. fight, fight a mechanical dragon on stage. You can't prove that you did that first. No. It's you, a you can't. virtually so, impossible. What the hell proof. is the point? <laughs> it's, it, got, it got him in the news. That's the point. The point is, we're he, talking he's about always in the Kiss the... news feed that I read every day. Oh, oh, actually, the wider news, the USA Today news. Yeah, like, like actual websites were like, look at this <laughs> asshole. <laughs> the non-Kiss websites. Yeah, yeah like, because <laughs> you can't be like, that oh yeah, hot words from Jeff Tate from Queens, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, You're still the worst Jeff Tate. There's some dude out there who's like, oh, that was yeah, I created the thumbs up. I should also sue for stuff. <laughs> so I want to get one of them Kiss coffins, Paul. That you know. The only way in which I'm going to do that, I, can, I, don't, I don't have money. You know you know me, I don't have any money. Yeah, yeah, you're really... <laughs> it's here at Castle Divine. <laughs> going to pay the butler. <laughs> the footman. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I'm going to be able to afford on them, uh, them kiss coffins is if, uh, if we read some ads. Fifty-one fifty heads. Think about your apartment. It's a mess, right? Pizza boxes, empty bottles, broken glass. We feel you. We've been there. But you have to shape up. This atmosphere is stopping you from achieving your goals. But what? Are you going to clean your apartment? What is this? Russia? Nip, comrade. Enter Air Bird and Bird, the avian cleaning service that turns your filthy home into a space so clean you can legally perform surgery in there. And that's a guarantee. It works like this. For $50 a month, we'll send you a flock of our specially bred cleaning sparrows. You break open the crate, and these guys get to work. Their beaks and claws are steel-tipped to cut through even the toughest stains and grime. And if you're thinking, oh, how could a tiny bird possibly lift a mattress off a bed? Don't fret. They're raised strong. There will be flapping, and the birds will leave behind feathers and maybe some chrome-colored eggs. In this event, do not approach the eggs. Call our specially trained egg disposal crew and leave immediately. If this information gives you pause, think about physically cleaning your apartment, and then get in touch. Air bird and bird. Beaks and wings to clean your things. That was not perfect. That was terrible. (laughs) And we're back. You don't know this because I uh, fucking I'll edit the shit out of that. But that was a lot of takes yeah. on every line. <laughs> I had a really hard time reading that. I don't know if it's the whiskey. I don't know if it's being seven thirty now on a Monday. <laughs> the good people at Airbird and Bird write very funny copy. I think that's Airbird and Bird. I don't know if they think it's funny. They're just describing <laughs> what they do. It's it's a strong service. <laughs> it's it's something. It's really something. It really is. So we have a featured segment. Um, it's, it's another needle drop soundtrack because um, they're just easier to do. <laughs> we did um, Hellbilly Deluxe. That was really fun, but there's something about the roulette of a compilation. Yeah, that the, like the Crow soundtrack gave gave more uh, diversity, didn't it? Yeah, because you're like, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, also... I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to not like. Also, you can play along at home. This is way easier than doing your own research into black metal than listening to us talk about it. Like, you can yeah. literally put this record on right now and yeah. see if we're right. It, we are right. So we're going to take it back to 1993. Wasn't The Last Action Hero awesome from 1993? It's a golden age of amazing soundtracks. I think it's the second Bill and Ted's movie that has a really 
compelling soundtrack. <laughs> so, Are you saying compelling because you have heard it, or compelling? Because I've never heard you it. Has, looked at it has the a track song list. by Steve Vai that is a rap. And you're oh like, my god, my head what, that explodes. And this you're like, fantastic. I want to, I want to hear that. So we're gonna talk about an album that Entertainment Weekly was quoted as saying, oh, "Look at this research." Can't vouch for the film, but the album <laughs> is a must. We're wow, we'll Entertainment re- Weekly. <laughs> that is- we'll. Uh, We'll revisit that towards the end of this uh, thing, but we're talking about the Judgment Night soundtrack. <laughs> this is music from the motion picture. I the, think there's also a separate like soundtrack soundtrack that you can buy. But, sure. But this is the the rap rock crossover fucking so yeah, awesome so, band soundtrack that you can get. So Judgment Night, you might remember as the movie that may or may not be Trespass. I get the two of them confused the no, whole Trespass time. No, Trespass was good. <laughs> I've seen Trespass. It's very good. So, Hard recommendation on Trespass. That's your first hot take for the night. Um, so they put out a soundtrack. That his whole claim to fame is that they've taken rappers and hip hop artists and squeezed them together with some metal and alternative and rock dudes. If you've seen the video where Aerosmith break the physical barrier between them and Run DMC, it's that, but on a record, it, on an, an actual record. 11 times <laughs> with various artists. Is this something you listened to when it was new? No, uh, it was in guitar magazines when it was new. So I, right. that's, how I, that's how I knew about it, but I wasn't like, oh, really compelled to, to buy it. Okay. Never checked it out. And then all, one one day, 20 years later, Spotify comes along and you're like, oh, is this, I can just check this out. And it's like, we need, we need content. <laughs> I also did not check this out. I don't know, it was never on my, it wasn't on my radar. I was too busy listening to actual hip-hop and actual metal and actual yeah, punk rock. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you were wondering what if it was like if they combined all this. All right, so set your Spotify for 1993. Yeah. Bark up the Judgment Night soundtrack and then listen to us probably be harsh on it. We'll see how it happens. So track one, let's just jump into it. Yeah. Just another victim, Helmet and House of Pain together again for the first time. What did you make of this? Okay, this is not a strong start. <laughs> it has the, a standard Helmet riff played into like a crate um, with no fucking reverb, solid state, like yes. a horrible guitar sound. Like, <laughs> and then Paige Hamilton just starts kind of scream singing, and you're like, "Hey, this is cool." I thought House of Pain was on this. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait, wait! Three minutes into a four and a half minute song, and, and then it, the the tempo drops by like a lot. They, they, they it, slow the fuck down. It's it, played the same riff. It literally seems like there was two different songs. Yeah, this, I put that was my notes. Say so this is two songs. This feels like there was like a House of Pain song and there was like a helmet riff. Right, and they it's just a, sort it's of a like bad opener in that sense because the other stuff isn't as broken up as this. Yeah, this is very much like a, here's a, rock and here's rap separate everlast <laughs> real, i mean i'm serious it's like three minutes in before everlast just starts like rapping so also uh, i'm i can't really speak to hip-hop because this is not my area but this sounded like some bullshit stream of consciousness nonsense hip-hop but i, I write this down with jody foster and harvey <laughs> gaitel i believe robert wood was the key grip as well okay they, they weren't the actual lyrics in one part i thought he was like holy diver i am the survivor That's pretty good. I like, like <laughs> robert de niro and taxi driver some or trap yeah. pickle taxi driver That's right, like yeah. that. And I was like, oh, that's funny. He said, holy diver. But then I looked at the lyrics and he actually says, holy Godiva. Oh, that, that could have been a thing. I was like, oh, that would be cool if yeah, he was on, like. On your, the, on your rock soundtrack, mention fucking holy diver. Yeah, it's like the one rock thing I know is, <laughs> is Dio's holy diver. Be, it'd be a weird rock thing to know. To be <laughs> like if you've gone not, that far in and observed nothing not, else. Yeah, not done any research on helmet. Like, oh, <laughs> no. rock, got it. Holy diver. <laughs> got it. What was Gorgut's first album called? I'm going <laughs> to reference that. So I think House of Pain and Helmet both caught an L on that one. Yeah, that was bad. And then we move on. Fallen. 
by Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul. One, this sounds more like kind of what De La Soul is kind of known for, kind of jazzy, like light, yeah. timbered, um, it's not aggressive loops and stuff. And so yeah. this is like what you would think of De La Soul. Except for a band backing them, yeah, yeah. There's um, not not much teenage fan club on here. You'd, yeah. I think it's probably just live guitars, live bass. Yeah. I really like this song. I think it's really good. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like that. It's a nice switch up. I was take. I was a little bit uh, caught off guard by the last. 45 seconds or so. Oh, it gets a bit free fun, doesn't it? Where there's bit. just a lot they, of like. They, they took the break of dawn quite a lot on that, don't they? <laughs> there's also just a lot of like just yodeling kind of shit happening where, and it's like layers of it. Like, oh, yeah, they doubled down on it. They went like, let's fade it out now, lads. <laughs> no. You know, your mileage may vary on that. It's better than Just Another Victim because oh, Just Another Victim is like kind of terrible. It is. So. This, I mean, this is a pretty good song. I, I would say this is a, this is a win. Um, track free. Yeah, me uh, myself and my microphone with Li- Living Color and Run DMC. So both both bands that are kind of uh, familiar with this crossovery. Uh, yeah, kind of thing anyway. My, so. my first thought was Run DMC seems the most comfortable in this setting because I think they have songs like The King of Rock and Walk This Way and Rock Box and stuff. They had songs that had like electric guitars and stuff on right. them. Rick Rubin produced shit, right? You can see the bands that have done it before and are used to. Yeah, it Yeah, yeah. You can see the acts that are comfortable with it and the ones who are like kind of not. Okay, oh, we'll, we'll, try tr- we'll try that. We'll and try I, it. I, I think feels... Teenage Fan Club will, will, uh, will try that because they haven't done it again. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... But um, this one is, it's a, it's a Run DMC song. Okay. <laughs> you know? I, um... I, I, I kind of like this one. This is, this is all right. I like the way he brings his own microphone to shows. I think you should do that. I think that's, that's, it's that's a... good hygiene. Yeah, this is fine. This one's fine. Okay. I'm not giving high marks to anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's hilariously bad, though. There's no no dream theater, no. Uh, no, n- well, well, not yet. I mean, okay, <laughs> keep listening. Title track. Are you ready for the title track? Yeah, Judgment Night by Biohazard and Onyx and Onyx. But by Biohazard, I mean, this is the most Biohazard thing I've ever heard, and it has another band on it. I've, I've listened to State of the World Address all the way through. I think I've even listened to the one before and after that. But this just sounds even more like Biohazard than anything else I've ever heard. My first introduction to Onyx was they have a song called Slam, and there's a Biohazard <laughs> remix of Slam, and it sounds almost exactly like this. So I was kind of, I was with this, you like man. This like, this is my, you you know, like the Billy Griselda yelling Judgment Night <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> like, hilarious. He stretches that out, doesn't he? <laughs> they're, they're very committed. Biohazard have done this fully kind of like, yep, let's fucking do this. Yeah, like, no, we're uh, 100%. Okay, so you, did you like, because it's I, I kind of liked it because a uh, weak spot for Biohazard. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Um. now, the, the, the probably the most vaunted, the most uh, uh, pushed, as far as Metal Magazine's concerned, track on the album, this is Slayer and Ice-T. Uh, doing a, a song called uh, Disorder, which is actually a cover of three exploited songs. It's really good, though. You like it? I really like it. Okay. I was a bit disappointed because I thought Slayer and Ice-T should both be doing this better, considering, like, but Ice-T's had body count. That was my thing, which is like, why not just have body count yeah. on this album? It's so weird that they're like, let's get Ice-T with another band. Because <laughs> I looked, I was like, maybe... Maybe this predates Body Count, but like no, no Body no, Count, Body Count was, was like 1990 and shit. Like <laughs> those guys are sitting by the phone, being like, "Finally, the Judgment Night soundtrack's coming out." No dice, <laughs> not, not for you. <laughs> you're already rap rock. You're you're disqualified. Yeah, <laughs> it was unconvincing to hear Tom Morello say, "We don't need your war," because he fucking loves war. He's super <laughs> into war. It's his favorite thing. You couldn't hear the whisper part of that. Where he's like, "We don't need your war." Yes, we do. Please forgive me, God of War. <laughs> 
I also like the way the timing was like Ice T would yell war, and then like a quarter of a second, like not like a whole beat, every, like just wrong. Tom Ray start yelling war. It was like I I figured that had to have been intentional because I'm assuming they had time to fix that, right? If they wanted to fix that, if they weren't just like yeah, his vocals have to be the drop shadow, the Ice T's like vocals. It's probably intentional, but odd choice. I was a bit disappointed because I only thought that would be better, but it's still a good song, especially on on the on this record so far. Yeah, I mean we're five songs in. This is my favorite song so far. Okay, what is your favorite song? Uh, Tina, the Teenage Fan Club one. Okay, still falling. Yeah, Channel and Judgment Night as well. <laughs> <laughs> this album does kind of pick up in the middle, which yeah, is odd, not odd how, place. which is an odd place to be like, hey, let's put the good stuff in the middle, in the middle, and then tail off again. Uh, and then get a faith no more in the Booyah tribe. Is it tribe or T R I B E? I'm gonna say tribe. Okay. Um, uh, I never, I never body murdered. Another body murdered. It's pretty good. I, I actually like it a lot. It really reminds me that I hadn't really heard of the the Booyah tribe. I had to look them up. The main rapper in it, he reminded me of Chuck D. So I really got oh, that okay. kind of like. And Frax, Public Enemy yeah. vibe, kind of from he it. He did sound which... like a serious dude. He didn't sound like he was. Well, he also has like a lower rap voice, yeah, you know. Yeah. And his delivery is like he's not super fast. Chuck D also doesn't deliver like lines super fast. He's like okay. punch, you More know. It's deliberate. Like... I like the way the studio was haunted by the ghost of Pat. <laughs> <laughs> that was there's all this. There's all this weird stuff. There's like a lot of weird keyboard stuff, and the guitar player's just like, I'm just gonna chug along. And it's like not even listening to what you fools are doing. Just chugging I, the whole stuff. I think that, that guy, and we'll look up his name, I think he was losing enthusiasm for Faith No More when they stopped being a metal band in about 1986. I think yeah. As they became more and more progressive, he became less and less into it. So, I'm pretty with this song. Like, I think it's, like, I didn't see this coming because I'm a real Fairweather Faith No More fan. No, like, they, they got a couple of good songs. Actually, if you, the singles collection, uh, I was flicking through the Faith No More, um, this was one of the singles. I think the one after this is Digging Digging a Grave, which is fantastic. They're, they're also familiar with rapping because you've heard Epic and the, oh, and the fucking... The, oh, that is one step above, well, my name's Mike Patton, <laughs> I'm here to say, I'm the rappingest guy in the USA. <laughs> They embraced that bad rapping thing before it was <laughs> cool. Really like, did. really, like, for a song that has a lot of good things going for it. Yeah. Other than the verses, which take up <laughs> most of the running time. <laughs> like, Mike Patton just, I don't know if he's embarrassed. I'm embarrassed kind of I, I for him. I don't think he has that emotion. I don't think <laughs> I think they didn't play it for a long time. He might have known. He might have figured <laughs> it out. They they channeled all those epic skills into another body murdered, and I think I think they they did a better job. There was a lot of yelling. Uh, there was a lot of yelling of "bang your head." Well, that was good. That was <laughs> yeah, good, towards good the end. Like... And one of the one of the lines again, not a hip hop guy, but one of the lines I pulled out was, "I had to get it together to watch a body get murdered." Which, okay, that's very strong. I, I like that one. So we, we we like most of these songs. It's just the very first I, song that sucks. I'm lukewarm on a lot of these. So far, I think the worst song. It's the opening track. They really yeah. went, they went weird with it. Um, but let's see. But let's let's oh, let's see if there's another massive drop off. Spoiler alert: there is a massive drop off <laughs> right fucking now. Paul and I haven't discussed this yet, but Sonic Youth get together with um, Cypress Hill. Um, we see experimentally that there's no way that Sonic Youth have ever produced anything interesting because <laughs> even with Cypress Hill, who would not like Sonic Youth, this is still fucking dreadful. <laughs> also, I think this song might be about drugs. It's called, on, jury's out. Um, it's called uh, "I Love You, Mary Jane." <laughs> I Jesus love you, Christ. Mary. 
It's called. If it was like 1955, wouldn't you be embarrassed that this is a bit cliche? This site, like, maybe yeah. we don't call it this. Yeah, it's the one. Th- the one good thing I'll say about it is it's better than Cock the Hammer off of the last Action Hero soundtrack. <laughs> um, you can't use the last action as a bar for this soundtrack. That's I can't. That is the fair. that is the Mendoza line. So it's better than that. Because it feels like, and I don't know, I haven't looked to see if I Love You, Mary Jane, if they did like another, if this is like another song that they've done different music to or something. Because it seemed like their heart was a little more in it with like the actual like rapping part of it. But man, the music is like tossed off and shitty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never really got Sonic Youth. I, I like, I like to couple of the songs and that's that's about it i like the idea of sonic youth i find the idea of sonic youth very appealing i like feedback i like standing in front of my amp with my guitar and getting feedback that's great it's not really entertaining for other people it's like playing blues music like it's fun if you're doing it it's it's... like when you read about them and you're like oh how they like you know didn't made non-traditional noises on guitar and use all these crazy tuning sounds great this sounds like a thing i'd be really interested in listening to and then you listen to it and you're like pass hard pass like this is the, i just i can't do it i've never been able to do it and i've had people everyone i talk to like sonic youth when i make that statement they're like oh you just haven't heard the right album you should listen to blank and everyone tells me a different goddamn album <laughs> so it's not like everyone's like no you you like oh, you have you to just, listen to dirty no no you have to listen to uh, what's the day- you teenage daydream daydream nation, daydream nation. <laughs> i like teenage daydream we should totally make an album called teenage daydream and ha- just feedback <laughs> we headline in the capitol hill block party in two years yeah um yeah, Sonic Youth's terrible. Cybersil is fine. They like marijuana. That's this is this is not a good song. This is not even a fun song. Oh, it's... you know what's also not a good song and not a fun song? Is it coming up next? It is coming up next. <laughs> because what would what would happen if the two greatest exports of Seattle got together? <laughs> like... Coffee and uh, Harvey Danger. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other two. Sunday Day Real Estate and Kid Sensation. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired and I can't think of any bands. So mix a lot of mud, honey. What, what if they got together for a song? What, what would that be like? Oh, oh, the song's called Freak Mama. It's what? called Freak Mama. <laughs> what I was picturing was going to happen was not what started as soon as this track came on. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is... <laughs> yeah. How's this going to work out? Because it starts out with, I mean, some very convincing garage rock noodling also those guitars are fucking sloppy like that's like <laughs> one take like that'll do yeah uh, you want to sober up for this take mark nah I'm, I'm cool and he starts rapping and it's a sex rap i always appreciate that also he mentions mud honey or he makes he does. like he like multiple, multiple times. times he's just oh wow i didn't know it was sexual now it is the riff that he's he's rapping over it works it's fine and then they get to the chorus, and it speeds up. Yeah, there's a, there is a speed it's change. It's a jarring, weird 60s-sounding yeah. thing that doesn't work I quite like all. the chorus, but... It, I don't like it because I was... I'm I looking prefer at the chorus in a better song. <laughs> I think that yeah, because I'm looking at this as a Sir Mix-a-Lot song. Okay. Right? Like, this is, should be in service of Sir Mix-a-Lot. And instead, it just... It's bad. I My, my favorite part of this terrible song <laughs> was at the end of it, Sir Mix-a-Lot's like, this is going to hurt my street credibility. Yeah. And he says credibility. Like, he says the whole thing. He doesn't say street cred. I, I, I thought I, I was really funny. I wonder what he means. I wonder why. Is it because this is a terrible song? <laughs> this is a bad song, right? I I didn't think it was that bad. It's coming straight after I Love You, Mary Jane. So I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, some music again. Hashtag Sonic Youth. <laughs> yeah. 
that they, they're getting tagged. Oh man, we should I'm, do. A tr- I'm sure they obsessively search. What are, What are some nerds saying about us in not Seattle? We should. Uh, we should do a track by track review of some Sonic Youth albums. <laughs> I like the one that was feedback and where you couldn't hear what the v- words were. <laughs> you got to be more specific every song. Um. Oh, okay, this next one. This next one hurts me. It hurts me a little. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a uh, missing link by Dinosaur Junior and Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. Um, uh, from your from it hurts me. I'm taking that you didn't dig this because no, you like Dinosaur Junior. Because I as, love Dinosaur Junior as all as anyone with a beating heart and ears does. <laughs> I feel like Jay's heart was not in this song because he spends most of the time playing a shitty wah riff. I like the tone. It's very solid tone. He's, yeah, but that can't be layers of guitar, and they they, ha- they all have very nice tones. Yeah, his tones are great. That's not enough. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Dell can flow. Like, Dell. Yeah, like, that, that is... was very nice. That, again, there reminded me a little bit of Falling because it was more, it was way less aggressive. The rapping wasn't, wasn't like, yeah, super like intense. It was more laid back. I mean, he was crushing it, but I thought the song, I thought the music was kind of doo-doo, which is, hurts me to say because I'm a big Dinosaur Jr. fan. But it was almost just like a Dinosaur Jr. song in which there was no Jay singing on the verse, and it was just like, kind of kind of just hummed over the chorus. And, but like, he went like, he, it seemed like he went, uh, he, there's a good solos in it, but he went mostly uh, he went mostly B.B. King. I feel like there wasn't enough rhythm, <laughs> like guitar and stuff. There was a lot of like, he played the like wah riff, and then he would stop. And then you kind of play a solo, and okay. I, I, I just I didn't like it. I, I didn't I like it. I kind of like this. Um, Feel like your love of Dinosaur Jr. is blinding you to the, what a shitty song. The, this is. the guitar tone, I think, really, really did a lot it's, for me. And look, I, it's and also, great. It's I great like tone. The, I like the rapping of it because no, again, that's a bit more like, oh, that's Dell's know, great. As close as I can get to liking this, this, this kind of this kind of music. To be honest, like, um, oh, now disappointing. Oh, Christ alive! This this one's hard for me because um, therapy, therapy are a very special band to me, and uh, they mean nothing. Still, it's that yeah, still, <laughs> yes, still. This oh, this is the, this is the peak as well. Ninety three. Like when you say the peak, this might be the inflection point where they literally start going downhill right now. Yeah, therapy and fatal on come and die. Rubbish. Really, really bad. I have never heard of fatal. Not surprising, given his performance on this. Like, it's musically, it's not good. It's it sounds like a wimpier Judgment Night, but not as good. <laughs> and uh, I, what is up with those vocals? Yeah, these lyrics are terrible. This is bad. That says my notes verbatim. I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> which is a shame because we're doing a podcast on exactly this subject. Oh fuck! Listen, to, you should listen to Therapy. You should dig out Trouble Gum. You should dig out the record after that, and the record after that, and the record after that. They are fantastic. This is not good. This this is also on Spotify. I think this is their number two most famous song. <laughs> it's like, fuck. How is that possible? I, I think they shifted some units. I Oh, shit. Apparently I, people don't want to listen to Screamager <laughs> or Knives. <laughs> I want to hear that one terrible song. I want to hear Eight Mile Water. No, no. I want to hear when they got together with Fatal and did something. Oh, come and die. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a funny part in the breakdown where, though, it's like... It's like, you know, come out and die or something like that. But then at one point, he's just like, I'm going to kill you. But he just kind of says it like that, which yeah, is like unartfully done that you're just like, I can't. Maybe they thought they'd have more time to finesse that. <laughs> it's so weird that he's just like. Uh, okay, you're done. What, really? we, we got to go. I want to fix that vocal. Sorry, lads. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Sonic Youth are coming in here in a minute to just do boring feedback. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. It's not the worst song on here, but. It's trying now. It's really trying. It's gunning for that spot if it isn't. Fortunately, something you. <laughs> so this is it. Yeah, the last song. 
Uh, track 11. So we were listening to the uh, Last Action Hero soundtrack. Yeah, we said, hey, why is there two Alice in Chains songs on here? Now, that's still weird. Let's, ne- let's never, like, just because new facts emerge, let's, not, let's no. not consider the old facts to not be true anymore. No, I don't wa- I'm not trying to level set that that's the way things were done in 1993. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, for some reason, that same kind of shit happened again because motherfucking Cypress Hill have two songs <laughs> on the soundtrack. Yes, they do. They have to, I mean, they're the Michael Kamen of this record in many ways. <laughs> this one, instead of uh, instead of hanging out with Sonic Youth again, because they probably learned their lesson, they're like, we gotta like, we gotta get with a competent arena rock band, get with the Pearl Jam. Yeah, Seattle represent. Like, they're all over this record. Unfortunately, this this isn't good. My only notes are, I'm very bored and want to stop listening to this. <laughs> I had the same thing. It's the real thing. It's the real. It's the real thing. Yeah. It's the hill. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Uh, hard, hard pass. pass. Very, very bad. Now, this song's not even very long. It's almost the shortest song on the album. Doesn't feel like it. And it feels like the second longest song on the album. Second only to the ever Cypress Hill song <laughs> because, holy shit, guys. Sonic yeah, they terrible. can't take him. <laughs> There's a lot of bad songs on this album. It starts bad, then gets strong, and then gets very bad. <laughs> it's never that strong. I, I, w- I wonder what they thought the appeal of this was going to be other than selling records the av club did a thing about this unfortunately they do a thing about all the records we want to we want to review apart from astro creep and fucking <laughs> which we're going to do don't worry uh, we'll get them <laughs> um i think they said it was the first sort of rap rock crossover record and it was like really trying to sell to two disparate markets commercially quite an interesting experiment it is i mean bands had already flirted with it but i guess part of the problem is i i wonder if this would be better if there was more teenage fan clubs and things like that on this as opposed to i mean i know i just take it shots at like sonic youth but there's a lot of like standard issue yeah palm muted chug riffs like helmet living color biohazards uh, Faith No More and even uh, even Therapy that, that that's that's kind of like where the, where they and the last one I'd say the, the Pearl Jam one's kind of kind of that as well. It sounds already stale. Yeah, like and that kind of like it's new not metal like that stuff became bad. It started bad and stayed bad. Or is <laughs> this like well you know like anything else? It's like there's obviously bands that do it a little more interestingly. Like Rage Against the Machine have some Papa songs. Roach. <laughs> Papa Roach. They have one riff that sounds like Iron Maiden, so I kind of... I can't yeah, that's the them. only riff I can think of. That's the only Papa Roach song. The, the last resort. That's a, that's yeah. a goodie. That's it, though. I, I, can't, I can't be doing with anything else. Um, and yeah, Rage Against the Machine, they, they, they do that very well. I don't know. The a one lot where of Steve it... Vai raps at the end of... Uh, yeah, or, yeah, well... You know, for me, uh, City of Crime off the Dragnet soundtrack is one of the premier <laughs> soundtrack rap songs. Really, what we should have done is uh, novelty rap songs off of movies, such as, like, Tone Loke's, like, Ace Ventura rap. You, you say should have <laughs> as if we're not going to do it. This whole thing sounded really bland to me, for the most part. Even the songs I like are kind of bland. Yeah, I'm glad and, Slayer don't generally do this. I'm glad Teenage Mutant Club don't generally do this. Although Slayer uh, is, like... If anything, Slayer's an outlier on this because, uh, like, as we kind of alluded to or mentioned, Ice-T's not really rapping. He's just kind of screaming along with... I think the fact that Ice-T's involved is... That's what makes it a hip-hop song. <laughs> as far as the album's concerned, it's like, yep, that's... Yeah, He's yeah. definitely a hip-hop guy. <laughs> yeah, he put out gangster rap albums, like, and shit, like... But this is more in line with, like, what he was doing with Body Count, and it's kind of just the fresh song yeah. with, like... But you can tell it's Slayer. That, that's the that's yeah. one thing that's distinctive about this. I think um, I'm not. I don't think the other bands are distinctive enough. So overall, I found this like while the songs aren't, they're 
it's in it's in an uncanny valley that makes it almost worse. Like the the last action hero ha- like soundtrack had a lot of bad songs on it, but like hilariously <laughs> bad songs, like songs I don't want to ever hear again. But right, suffering through them the first time, I'm like I could take a step back and yeah. be like, this is funny. How terrible <laughs> this thing, this Tesla song Imagine, is. Yeah, I was gonna say Tesla is exactly the. It's or like Queen's It's like this is hilarious. The bad songs on this, I was just like, this is boring. I want this to stop. I wish this was better. I liked I liked it more than I thought I would, and I liked more of the tracks than I thought I would. But overall, eh, it's not it's not a record I'm going to go back to and go ah, oh, Judgment on the soundtrack front really, to back. You're going to put, put it on. putting Falling on a Spotify playlist. I might put Falling on a Spotify playlist. I might put another Buddy Murdered on a different Spotify playlist. I mean, they're <laughs> different moods. Not the same one. Don't go crazy. I, I kind, love you. I kind of like Missing Link and. Freak Mom is okay. Like, the, 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 I don't. Freak Mom is not okay. <laughs> if it had a sitar in it, that'd be. <laughs> yeah, I love you, Mary Jane, so bad. I'm surprised it didn't have a sitar on it somewhere. Uh, it feels like it. No, should. there's no way that song deserves a sitar. <laughs> it's, just... it's your standout track. What do you think is the uh, best? Fallen. I like uh, off that because it was unexpected and uh, not how rap, rap rock usually sounds. So I'm gonna go that. Um, you know, my gut tells me to go with Slayer, but that's not really a rap rock song, so I am going to go with An Upper Body Murdered by Faith No More yeah, and the Booyah Tribe. Pretty dope. Um, worst pretty song dope. on here. Uh, worst song on it, obviously. Uh, a song of youth. Yeah. I want to give therapy a break. Uh, <laughs> it's so, it's hard because there's a lot of bad songs on here. Um, yeah, it's probably, no, you know what? Come and die. Come and die by, by your boys' therapy. I'm sorry. They did not do a good showing. So that's the Judgment Night soundtrack, you guys. <laughs> so, you know, get out as a girl. I can make you feel okay if you have, you know, any views <laughs> on it. <laughs> any views at all. No one has any views on If you have a, a particular soundtrack you'd like us to go through on this podcast. Or album. We could do albums. Or, or album, whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, or ideas. If you have any ideas <laughs> for us to fill our time with, we'd like we'd like that. Before we move on, we got to pay the bills, man. Let's read an ad. We know where you live. We don't mean that in a threatening way. Although, on the other hand, yeah, that's exactly what we mean. You have a nice place. You own some cool things. Nintendo Switch, iPhone, and is that a signed copy of South of Heaven? Nice. Fortunately, we're not hanging around outside your place waiting, just waiting for our chance to strike. But someone is. And how are you going to have peace of mind when there's an unseen thief planning to claim all your cool stuff as his own? You're hopefully thinking, I wish there was a solution to this terrible problem. And there is. Air Bat and Bat. It's the bat-based alarm system that Time Magazine called impractical and dangerous. But you know what else is impractical and dangerous? Printing words on tinder dry pieces of paper and inserting them into people's houses. Fucking Time Magazine. It works like this. For $55 a month, you rent a flock of our specially bred long-eared alarm bats. Before you go out or fall asleep, arm the bats by shrieking out their eight-digit activation code and they'll start the patrol. If anyone breaks in, this triggers their supersonic squeaking. Obviously, this is above the range of human hearing, but the air bat and bat high-frequency detectors sold separately. Pick it up and blast out a loud alarm. Use the code 5150 and we'll throw in a handful of security owls because we care about you. Air bat and bat. This is what crowdfunding can do. And we're back! back! That was 
hot. Commonized leads. Look at that. <laughs> I came in hot. It was a. It's a big purple blob that or blue. I might have color problems <laughs> in my vision. But either way, it's probably real distorted. Not gonna do it again. All right. So it happened on Friday. They dropped a new episode, the British Bacon Show, episode three. Bread. <laughs> bread. Bread. It was bread. They I had to bake bread. I have a couple thoughts. One, Paul Hollywood was almost insufferable during this episode. <laughs> I mean, he rides that line. He's frequently on the wrong side of that line, actually. But, I mean, <laughs> he fucking struts and swaggers when it's bread time so hard. It wasn't as disastrous as the last two episodes for the contestants. Still pretty disastrous. Okay. I, you'll have to remind me what happened because uh, it was about a year ago when I saw this. Yeah. The opening challenge was making a chocolate bread. I think it's Candace who made the, 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 the gingerbread pub. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I'm putting salted caramel in a bread. I think people like, need to cool it with salted caramel generally. Uh, also, it's a little... Putting wet stuff in bread is <laughs> just a bad idea. Like, I'm not a baker. Like, look, I don't understand the science of this. Like, I haven't, like, gone out to a tent to try and compete against people. That's like the octagon. That's like, yeah, like <laughs> the ring where shit goes down. But if you're trying to make bread, you want it to be, like, I know people hate the word, but you want it to be kind of moist. I presume one Section. of the things you do that when you're heating it is it blows out a lot of the moisture. Like, Well, you know what makes it harder? When you're throwing like chocolate chips and salted caramel and some like... Fruit, and some ice cream. Some dehydrated water. And it's like, it's like fucking... This, like, if you're already battling it being wet, throwing a bunch of other wet shit in and making this giant mound of like wet dough and it's being like, I hope it cooks in the 20 minutes I have. I'm going to keep continue to say cook when I should say bake. Sure. Fried. Fuck them. <laughs> like, um, you know, they had two hours. They couldn't get it done. There's a lot of them. The one guy, Ginger Baker, bucked trends by making a dough that he just let it proof the whole time instead of letting it proof for a little bit, then putting ingredients in and then letting it proof again. And Paul Hollywood was just like in that dude's shit. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm making this bread and it's going to single proof. And he's like, don't you think that's a terrible idea? <laughs> I feel like that's a terrible idea. It's probably the worst idea. I mean, an idiot would do that. If you're an idiot, then you should probably go ahead and do that. But I wouldn't because I'm not an idiot. But go ahead and do it, idiot. He didn't say that, but it was in his, you know. Yeah, it was in his piercing blue eyes. Was, he just looked at him for 15 seconds thinking the things that I said and then turned around and walked off, presumably without saying anything. Paul Highwood's kind of a dick. Like he's, Oh, he's fully a dick. He's the but worst. But he's still, like, even when people had the raw dough, he's like, a little raw there. I mean, the one girl was like, the whole thing was, I mean, it was literally like, it was raw enough that he could kind of like stretch it and stuff. Oh, He's like, not I'm not going to eat this. <laughs> like, I can't eat this because the whole thing's raw. If that was Gordon Ramsay, Gordon Ramsay would have thrown the plate and be like, you're going to kill someone. Even though I don't know, I don't think it actually kills you to eat raw dough. I don't, just, I don't think it does. It's just kind of gross. <laughs> so not, not a good look. And then there's second, I want to, I want to see if you've heard of this before. Steamed bread. Nah, I haven't. Um, technical challenge he's like i got this recipe some weird german bread you've never heard of it's kind of i mean it was like pretty much exactly like a steamed bun do you just take raw dough and then steam it and yeah they had to like make dough make little rounds of them put them like 12 of them in a pan layer of like butter and milk and then it covered it and let the steam from that oh right cook it all the way through but then it would kind of caramelize on the bottom a little mm. bit and it was like a sticky bun but it was like the consistency i'm assuming of like when you get a steamed bun but I won it. I didn't know that. So like a German, when I walk into a German pub, they're never like. They're not steaming bread back there. <laughs> they're like, do you want a pretzel? Would you like some sausage? How about a boot full of beer? And I'm like, those seems like all things that I should be able to get here. 
I've never like. We, we also got this uh, this steam bread. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, nah, would pass you like on the steam bread? But you know, I mean, maybe maybe for now, just the pretzel. But <laughs> not closing the door. Yeah, on give the me steam a bread. couple more bootfuls of beer, and we'll we'll talk about the yeah, steam we'll, bread. <laughs> we'll figure this out. So you hadn't heard of that. This is not a thing. No, that no, I don't remember for... it from when I saw this. No, um, I mean just again, saying my... in general in your life. Oh no, no, uh, okay. no. It's not like a thing we have in England that that uh, I came here and like, I can't. Where's the steam bread at, guys? Like, what the hell? Because there's like a Donner Kebab place downtown where I can get oh, where I can get Donner Kebabs. That's that's. I don't know if they're traditional because I'm not sure what a Donner Kebab is supposed to look like. I, I don't know what tradition they'd be from, but they <laughs> it's English street food, usually served by Greek or Turkish dudes. So. It's either from Greek or Turkey, or they show up in England, or like I've got an idea. <laughs> so people did bad with the steam buns. I, I bet that sounds incredibly they, difficult because it was one of those technical challenges where they didn't put like how long anything should happen. So oh it was yeah, just, like steam it. You and know, like you know, you know how you steam things. Well, that. <laughs> yeah, and it's the thing that if you open like the cover up, but let to me look guess, at it, the steam gets out. <laughs> yeah, and so people who did that. Uh, just their shit deflated and looked all like wrinkly and shitty. Like it just dropped immediately, and then they had like garbage. Like and you can't hide that you did that. One dude was so raw that the, <laughs> Paul Hollywood pulled two chunks off of different ones and then rolled it together, and it was just like regular. Dough. <laughs> like he made regular dough out of it. That was the most that baller a dick, move. Dick, dick move available to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna demonstrate how shitty a baker you are. Um. Tom won this round. He was a star baker. Tom, you might remember him as the guy who looks like grown-up Harry Potter. Yes. The scar. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of forgettable people. Like, Tom, yeah. I forgot that Tom was even on the show until he won it. <laughs> like, he's like a never forgettable white guy. Yeah. Like, this is like... It's a generic. I like generic bacon. <laughs> the, uh, the, young, the young dude got kicked off. Who's huh? the young dude? He's an he's another generic white guy, but I think he was super young. I think he like lived with his mom. He's like one of the youngest contestants oh, ever. Oh wow! And he, I think he was trying to grow out a beard to look older because he kind of <laughs> had some like scruff in this episode. You can go shave now because that motherfucker got sucked. Like should have been Val, but that dude was worse. So yeah, it's actually every it's it's we're trying to find the best baker. No. Most episodes, you are trying to find the worst baker and kick them off. And then the last episode is when you try and actually find the best baker. Ginger Baker did not win. Good. I'm, I was kind of taken against Ginger Baker. <laughs> he, there's something about him that's weird. Like, he's got a weird vibe. Yeah, I, I remember I remember not liking him. He's not, like, last season there was a dude, Ian, which I thought he had a weird vibe. And then at one point it came out that he, I might have said this in the last podcast. I'll say it again. I don't care. That he makes meat pies out of uh, roadkill that he finds outside his house. Yeah, that's, that's like what... one step away from Sweeney Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that on television. No, like, that's like that will get read back to you in court. On that. <laughs> <laughs> that is, he said it like you know how you do, like when you you find a possum. I don't know if they have possums in the UK, but whatever the UK version of a possum is. Oh, a little road cat. One of those road cats that you have. <laughs> it's a shadow cat. Um, <laughs> when you have a dire wolf, we have, whatever uh, gets a, a Gryffindor. <laughs> when you have a cat reading a newspaper, I hate Harry Potter, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> you you get very odd specific parts. That I don't remember. <laughs> I really hate Gringotts. I really had to change the interest rates of the banks. <laughs> those goblins, motherfuckers. <laughs> no, like in the first 15 pages, the dude's like, I hate magic. Like the the dude who who took Harry and I don't know people's names. He's, like, driving around, and it's, like, wizard convention outside. He's, like, all these people seem weird. I hate magic. It's so weird outside. And then he's, like, coming back, and he's, like, there's a cat sitting on the fence, and it's reading a newspaper. 
that's weird. It's like, motherfucker, like, you don't shit off that a cat was just reading it. Like, fucking, there's no truth in this art. I hate Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the worst thing. I'm sick of hearing about it. I don't know why I talk about it so much. I'm so angered by it. I, I think what we should do, we should split uh, Game of Thrones podcast at half Game of Thrones, half Harry Potter. Let's do- well, we, Wait, we try and sell each other on things that we don't care about. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Wait, have you read all of it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, so I'm going to make a series of questions. About I've been Harry to Potter. the theme park. Oh, I have lots of questions. <laughs> and then you... All right. I think that's good. Plan session. Next week is... Is it batter? Is batter. <laughs> Still don't know what that is. Still... That's going to be exciting. Very confused. I mean... Are they making pan? They have to make pancakes, I guess, right? I don't remember what, what else they do. makes. What else is like batter? I mean, maybe like cornbread types. Of, is there some sort of like uh, Yorkshire puddings? What is the? What would they be called here? I don't know if you even know if you have them. They're pretty good. Uh, it's like a bread pudding, batter, just batter, and, and then roasted as a, in, in in an oven, either as a, a miniature cupcake size ones or giant uh, bowl size ones. Oh, so, uh, so it's like a a bunch of dangerous carbs. Uh, that you have with your uh, <laughs> Sunday lunch, and it's uh, that 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 can be pretty good. Okay, could be so that. Maybe maybe they're making Yorkshire puddings. I mean, they're going to be making three things. It can't be pancakes. More pancakes. <laughs> B- <laughs> BDAs? No, they're not, they're not pancakes. Yeah, like, crepes. <laughs> yeah, it could be a crepe. I don't know. We'll see next week. Uh, you'll need to read the Wikipedia entry. I will. Yeah. About that, refresh, the thing that you saw a year ago. That I'm gonna rush out on Friday to watch and <laughs> be like, "What's gonna happen?" Um, I'm really looking forward to, to week eight, Tudor week. <laughs> yeah, Henry the Eighth. It's gonna be great. I have no frame of reference. What I mean, when I think of that, it's just mutton legs and shit. I don't know what they're baking. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, they used to in the old episodes, the really early stuff. I don't know if this happened in the U- U.S. ones. They had like a bit of a history, like Mel and Sue would go off to a. Uh, a town and then they talk about the history of bread or the, the history of a particular thing and I, they might have brought this back for the Tudor Week one where they, they go to I don't know Henry VIII's original they use a time machine to go back in time. Uh, yeah <laughs> we, that, we cracked that problem about five years ago in the UK but we only used it for baking shows just gonna go back uh, accidentally uh, drop a firearm <laughs> in, during the Tudor time Really upsetting the balance of this whole thing. Yeah, here you are, Cardinal Wolsey. <laughs> when you fucking kill the king with this. Seriously, you can go through anything that you guys have right now. <laughs> There's absolutely... You have no technology that's going to stop this 45 like caliber slug. <laughs> Gatsooks. <laughs> yeah. Did they say that? Is that his dude? Sure. <laughs> they still say that in the UK. Do they? No. <laughs> Shots fired UK. I they said stuff like blimey. They do say blimey, yeah. <laughs> What's even the root of that? Uh, I think it's blind me as a Lord blind me, I think. As in, I am surprised. So you want your eyes to be plucked out? I am so surprised. (laughs) May God strike the vision from my face. (laughs) That seems extreme for the situation. I mean, you'd have to be really surprised. (laughs) You'd have to see like a cat reading a newspaper. (laughs) Boom. Peace.